everyone. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. We've been having a great morning. I'm one of your hosts, Brandon Clark, joined by... John Clark. And, man, it's just been... It's been amazing to see, you know, some of the things we've covered this morning. And I, I just find that that people are amazing. And that seems really <laughs> broad, but, but there's so many powerful stories, you know, whether it's Bill Johnson, uh, who has, you know, found Journey to Freedom through um, from, from pornography and the things that he's gone through and the resilience, you know, and, and the, the reliance on the Lord to... Um, you know, Cindy Hoselton, who's, who's given her gifts that the Lord has given her to create beautiful music at the St. Santa Joachim uh, as the choir director for 14 years. Uh, people are just amazing. They really are. And, and I think that it shows us that there are, uh, through our whole conversations, that there's different faith tools that we can use that are, that are given to us, that are right in front of us for the taking and taking advantage of uh, to our spiritual growth. Yeah. And, and we're going to share another awesome story of just people using the gifts they have been given to help others in need. And so joining us now, we have Kimberly Evander of Hunter's Creek Farm. Good morning, Kimberly. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being with us. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Sure. Um, well, we are a family that has been around um, moving around the area for a little while. We are stationed right now in Barnum, Minnesota. Um, I am married to a wonderful man for 12 years now. We met in college. And because of his military career, we moved around the nation a bit, different places. And as our family started to grow, um, we decided we wanted to be back in Minnesota where our family was and where we grew up so that, you know, our kids could be around their uncles and cousins and grandmas and grandpas and all that because we had wonderful experiences with that when we were young. So we wanted to get back here if we could, and we were able to. And after a little search around and job hunting, um, we were able to land back in um, up in the Northland of Minnesota in Bardham. Um, as already introduced, my name is Kimberly Evander, and I am just um, a small family farm. We do pastured poultry, so... Which, for those who are not aware, that's um, usually meat birds. We do turkeys. We occasionally do geese for clients, just depending on what their needs are. So, and how many children do you have, Kimberly? Um, we have five earthly children and two beautiful babies in heaven, and they range from the age of nine. And we recently had our fifth, who is three months old now. So, congratulations! That's wonderful. So, the family is involved in. Your farming, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, um, what's a typical? Yes, I'm curious what a typical day. What's a typical day? Well, it does depend on the season. Um, the nice thing about being a seasonal pasture poultry farm is that um, you know we kind of just go with the flow. Especially in Minnesota, where you see you know 64 degree weather one day, then next thing you know it's raining and then snow the next day. So always changing. But um, the nice thing is about a seasonal farm is that in the wintertime, we're more laid back. It's more relaxed. We can focus on our family. Um, it's the school season as well. So we kind of are going with the ebb and flow of life for that. But then once um, February rolls around, that's kind of when the planning starts to kick in. It's still winter, but we're thinking more about, okay, how many um, birds are we going to raise this year? What are we trying to need? What are our goals, clientele, that kind of thing. 
Um, so initially, that first thought process stuff focuses more around my husband and I kind of looking at the numbers and then looking at um, people's orders and kind of planning what's going on. With COVID this past, over this past year, that has kind of changed some of the ways we have to operate and move around because um, orders were getting backed up and, you know, maybe not all hatcheries that we used to use are able to supply what we're looking for anymore. So it became just uh, we have to look around and shift a little more and be a little more flexible. Um, But then as we get closer into spring, then it shifts more into our growing season. We start to get little chicks in, um, and that's the fun part for our kids is when they start seeing the animals firsthand. It's not just all talk. We have the brooder ready, and we're starting to grow them, and, you know, they're very cute and adorable at that age, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it just goes through. Out we raise mm, probably until October, sometimes November, depending on our year here, but... The goal is always to keep our animals outside as much as possible because we really want to keep it, you know, the way God planned it to be. Have them have lots of sun, have them exposure to the variety of good things that God has given them, like a wonderful salad bar out in our back pasture and insects and other things that they enjoy eating. We want them to have that experience. So the goal is always to get them outside where they can just be chickens and do what they want or be turkeys or be geese and and just enjoy life up until the point where we need to use them for other purposes. Yeah, you know, you were mentioning the the chicks, and uh, my wife and I, we raised chickens as well, and we got chicks, um, uh, I think, about a month ago now. They're about a month old. Can you just Mm -hmm. talk about that joy you see in your children's face as they get to hold the, you know, the baby fluff balls? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it's... I don't. I guess I don't know exactly how to explain it, but you know, their eyes just get so wide and excited because you know, with this process, they're learning about life and how that cycle works, and they get to see that first stage of just incredibleness. Um, I guess it was a good story might be to bring up. Like last year, we let some of our chickens just hatch some eggs on their own, some of our layers. Mm -hmm. And so they got to actually witness that process happen. And from the point of which the chickens were laying the eggs and then the mother hens were being broody and sitting on them. And we talked about the process in which what those mother hens have to do in order for those eggs to survive and actually be born. And kind of the sacrifices those mother hens have to make, just like, you know, us as mothers today um, do for our children. And um, so they actually got to see from start to finish some baby chicks actually being born. And um, when they're breaking out of their eggs, you can just see the excitement in their faces because they're understanding how this process is starting to fit together in a puzzle. And so that allows for a lot more life lessons about, you know, how God has created life and how he values life. And he's set this intricate design up and it's so cool once it starts to unfold in front of your eyes and you get to see it and appreciate it even if it's on such a little you know level as just seeing a chick born it helps that to instill that how important life is and how we should appreciate it um for our kids so um it's just amazing in that way and then they get to start seeing the growth process as the chicks start to get bigger and they start to grow in their adult feathers and they lose some of that bushy cuteness but they start to yeah. see a new reality coming to form um as they start to grow into hens or a rooster depending on if they're male or female so right there are chores involved i would imagine too huh yes there are always chores <laughs> involved 
Um, yes, just like any other animal, you know, we, although we utilize all the things God gave us, there are still things that we have to do, um, sometimes cleaning up after them. Although all our meat birds, so our geese, our turkey, and um, our chickens are raised seasonally, we do have, like, for example, layers, which are our hens that lay eggs, and we keep them throughout the year. So the winter months, we usually see a lot more chores in that regard, because Although they enjoy being outside, snow is not always their favorite. <laughs> and so although we encourage them to go out on a nice sunny snow day, they're not always willing, which means that usually leads to a bigger mess inside their coop. So that ends up leading to more chores on learning how to clean out the coop. Um, our job is definitely filled with lots of messes um, <laughs> in different ways. But so it goes from that or just, Jobs that involve maybe gathering eggs or bringing water and helping to feed the animals when it's needed um, to different degrees like that. And it really just kind of depends on the age range of our children, too. Um, Some are able to help more, and it's being able to kind of meet them where they are at. Because we definitely want to be able to teach them um, about some of these different roles that they can have as being part of our family and being on the farm and how we are doing this together. Um, but again, definitely with our different age ranges, some are able to accomplish some tasks and others are not able to. So again, it's just kind of meeting them where they're at and finding out what they're capable of doing and also allowing to challenge them a little. Like you might be giving them a job that, um, might be a little harder, and they may not be able to do it at first, but that allows another opportunity to reach out to them and start to teach them, even if they get frustrated, and then you start working with other things. So it's a good growing experience for all of my children to learn some of these different um, jobs because it helps to build a good work ethic, which, you know, sometimes is hard to find in certain people because they just never had that exposure maybe when they're younger and growing up. So it's been an opportunity in that way for us to teach our kids as well. You get to learn about the wonders of life, but also the responsibilities of it. There's a dependency that um, that you have to realize and, and work to, you know, to work to make your poultry, you know, as healthy as they possibly can. Mm-hmm, correct. You know, one of the things that I think about as I as I listen to, you know, just just this time as a family, is the idea of just knowing the beauty of God's creation and where things come from. You know, I, I really think, as I live on a, on a hobby farm myself, that there's something good and holy about digging in the dirt and planting a garden or, you know, raising animals and being a part of the creation. Can you just talk a little bit about that, Kimberly? Um, yeah, I mean... Kind of like we were speaking of, it's just, it's a wonderful experience to kind of see things start from start to finish. And we don't always get that opportunity in life to see how things end out. And I feel like with farming, especially on a seasonal farm, you get to see that full circle. Um, Especially when you were just talking about gardening things. That's one of my things that my son really enjoys doing, my oldest son. He really enjoys taking time to plan out the garden with me for that upcoming year and what we're going to grow and how we're going to grow it and what seeds will we plant or are we going to plant um, already started ones from our local greenhouse? Um, what kind of different foods are we going to try? And um, it's 
it's neat in that way that something that they can start that they can also cultivate mm-hmm. and keep working to the end. And um, yeah, I yeah, I'm not really sure how to explain it in words, so yeah. to speak. I'm sorry. No, 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 that's okay. We're visiting with Kimberly Evander of Hunter's Creek Farm, and we do need to head to a break. On the other side, though, we'll talk about another special part of this farm, and that's how they give back to the community in a unique way. Keep it right here as we continue with Kimberly Evander on Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. As a working mother, I was thrilled to learn about the University of Mary's new online Catholic-infused graduate programs that truly work around my schedule. University of Mary knows that choosing to continue your education at this point in life can be both challenging and rewarding. That's why we've created a robust portfolio of truly affordable, truly flexible, and truly formative online programs to make choosing easy. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Hey, everyone. Thanks for staying with us for our final segment of Real Presence Live. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark, joined by... Yeah, good morning. My name is John Clark. And we are having a wonderful discussion this morning with Kimberly Evander of Hunter's Creek Farm. They have a farm where they raise birds, uh, whether it's geese or chickens or um, turkeys, or maybe maybe there's a couple other things. We haven't talked um, a lot about the specific birds necessarily, but they're t- we're talking about farming as a family and raising these things, and the things that their children learn uh, is they have um, 
five children uh, here on earth, two in heaven, um, but but five children as they're raising them in this this way of life, uh, this this seasonal farming of of raising animals and uh, carrying that through. And one of the things that we were talking about over the break, Kimberly, was you know this this idea of helping your children grow in virtue through the different things that they experience over the years. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so as we kind of talked about before the break, just that my kids are of different ages. And so some are more capable of, you know, doing the bigger tasks on the farm, whereas others, you know, are younger and they can't always help out when we need um, a hand. But one of the ways that our younger kids um, help out are just by us being able to help teach them some of the virtues that the Lord has put forth. So um, for some of our younger little boys running around the farm, making sure that they we are practicing obedience to our mom and dad when we say, you know, you can play here, but you need to stay in this um, field of vision for me while mom works on doing this chore outside. Um, or, you know, as we talked about with the older kids, being able to see, like, the process, start from finish, they're working on their virtue of, you know, the diligence of starting that and then seeing that project all the way through, um, whether it is, you know, raising a chick from its egg all the way up to where it becomes a laying hen and making sure that that hen gets all the things that it needs, whether it's food and water and being able to be let outside in the morning and making sure that they're healthy and looking good and taking care of that animal. Um or just patience ourselves as adults, <laughs> you know, with little children who, you know, always like to test boundaries and do things. We also work on that virtue within ourselves. And um, so being able to teach some of these lessons to our children through our work um, is just been a blessing in itself because we give, like, a real-life example to these things. It's not just us as parents teaching our children, you know, you have to do this and you have to do it this way, but we can what it is that we're trying to teach to them, and then we can physically show them with an example, especially from our farm setting and the different chores and jobs that we have um, placed before us. So that is a true blessing, Kimberly. You, uh, your family, gives back to the community uh, in a rather unique way. Would you mind sharing the details of that? Well, sure. Um, well, when we first moved here and we started. Um, doing some farming things. It was on a much smaller scale, nothing huge. And again, the point of it in the beginning was just to provide for our family and to help, you know, raise our kids with so that they had um, some better life lessons under their belts before they moved on in life. And, um, but as it started to grow a little bit and we noticed that people in our community were interested in the product that we were making, whether it was meat birds for consumption or, you know, they're looking for eggs for their family um, we started to think about this gift that God had given us, um, the ability to have this farm, the ability to grow these things. How can we give it back? Um, as a farmer, you don't make a lot of money. Uh, most farmers, I feel, unless you are a big corporation, you often are working some other side job, too, to provide for your family. So it's about the love of the job and doing it itself. And um, when God placed this into our laps and we were doing it, you know, one of the things that first came to our mind after we really started to launch um, more into a business is how can we give back? How can we do more? Because God has given us this gift. How can we use it to serve others? And um, so then it became, well, our children are of school age and they go to their uh, local Catholic school. Ours is located in Queen of Peace um, Catholic School in Colquette, Minnesota. And 
we notice that there is a need uh, in different ways to serve them, not just through volunteering, but also, you know, there's always a financial need because when you run a school, the parish, you know, usually covers most of the bills, but there's other things that need to get covered, administrative, and, you know, donations are always appreciated. So we thought, well, why don't we use this gift that God gave us and, you know, raise money that we can for our school to help contribute back so that, you know, more youth in that area can be exposed to the Lord and be taught not only with a great academic program, but also be able to just, you know, experience and witness God's love through their teachers, through the parish, the Mass. Um, And so we started our business, and we just started selling chickens, and Last summer, we actually did kind of a fundraiser for them where um, the goal was just to all proceeds that we raised um, from that season that we just give it all to the school to use as they needed um, where their area of need was. And we had a $5,000 goal, which, again, might not seem like much to people, but, you know, um, it's something. And we were not able to make our goal, but we were able to donate about $2,000 by the end of the season. So we were really pleased and um, thankful to God for those blessings that we were able to contribute to our school. And um, I know our school was appreciative. Uh, I believe they ended up using it towards their teachers' funds because mm. um, I'm not sure how aware your audience is with um, a Catholic private school, but um, the parish usually as I said, covers most of the bills, but um, teachers themselves, you know, they're most are taking a pay, pay cut that come on to this line of work versus like a public school teacher, depending on your area. Um, and they do for the love of the mission and what they're, you know, not just spreading good academics, but spreading Christ's love and the teaching of our Lord. And um, so that was nice. They created like this separate little teacher's bonus fund that um, they're able to give their teachers a little extra bonus at the end of the year, something that they could use it towards however they wanted to. So that was a way that we could um, contribute back to their cause. And again, it's a small thing, but it made a big deal to our school and our parish. So it was nice to contribute back in that way. And we're hoping that we'll get the opportunity to do that again this year and um, provide the rest of our proceeds from this season too and donate it to them and hopefully... It will get used um, to continue the mission in in our area, especially for our school. Um, we're close to Duluth, for those who don't know where Cloquet, Minnesota is. It's about 30 minutes out. And um, from Cloquet to the cities, I'm pretty sure there isn't a, a preschool through eighth, at least, school. And so this is kind of the Catholic school for our area, unless you live closer to Duluth. So, right. um the goal is to hopefully to keep them running and at least allow people that opportunity to come in and um, yeah. have a choice, at least, where they want to educate, whether it's at home, a public school, or at their local Catholic school. Another, so, virtue, another virtue yeah. that you're yeah. showing your, another your virtue. family. Kimberly, thanks mm-hmm. so much for being on with us. We are out of time, but uh, we really appreciate you sharing this with us and for giving back to the community in, in the ways that you can. Well, thank you again for having me. I really appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. God bless you. Well, John, that brings us to the end of the show. However, do not fear. There is another Real Presence Live tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 Central, and we have the great Eli, who's going to tell us a little bit about that. Oh, thanks, Brandon. Great show today. Got another good one coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central. 
right here on the Real Presence Radio Network, hosted by Father Tim Smith, coming to you from Holy Cross Church in Ipswich, South Dakota. They'll start off the show with Father Jordan Sampson of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. He'll ask, are you called? Then, how can we inspire religious vocations in the way we teach the faith? Suzanne Semler of Holy Cross Church will tell us more. Plus, Brother Michael Taff of Assumption Abbey will answer the question, why would you become a monk? All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Thanks, Eli. And just shout out to Eli, too. He's been manning the board this morning, doing a great job. And uh, one of the unsung heroes here at, at Real Presence Radio uh, who helps keep things running behind the scenes. So kudos to you. Hats off to you, Eli. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, John, uh, like I said, we're at the end of the show. We had a lot of great stuff. I really want to encourage people to get out and check out the podcast later today because we had a lot of great things we covered. It's, it's, it's full of good information, good opportunity. And, um, you know, from, from Hope Ray's website to some of the things that Bill talked about, certainly the, the choir concert, the farewell concert for Cindy Hoselton is an opportunity, uh, the chosen and yeah. how we can, uh, how we can learn from that and encourage that. And then finally with uh, Kimberly. Yeah. You know, and I really liked what Kimberly was saying about just everything we have is a gift, right? And so I think it's a good reflection in our own lives to see and recognize the gifts that we have been given for everything is a gift and, and learn how we can give back as well. And how important that is, how important it is to show your children, um, the benefit of work yeah. and giving back. Exactly. Well, thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. We're off to more to life with Dr. Greg and Lisa Pacek right here on Real Presence Radio. We'll see you again tomorrow morning from 9 to 11 Central. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.